Hey, I'm Lee Kasumba, and this is our journey across Africa, navigating the intricate landscapes of business, culture, and global influence from the African perspective. Bonkle Moloi. I used to introduce you as Bonkle Morisele. Now I'm like Bonkle Moloi. Let me respect the name. Thank you, Mrs. Thank you for getting it right the first time. <laughs> Everyone is still kind of finding it hard to say Bonkle Moloi. Their default is going into Morisele. And I get it. Yeah. Because the public uh, yeah. figure or the people, the person that they know is Bonkle Morisele. But thank you for getting it right. Yeah. Yes, Let I am know. Mrs. Moloi. Ma Africa Moloi. Ma Africa Moloi. Thank you very much. <laughs> Now, Bonkley, I remember, I think the first time that I met you was during Masters of Rhythm. And you were, no, honestly speaking, every time you came on, you were like a hip-hop soundtrack. People were like, like everybody was paying attention because you were coming on. Yeah. And dance culture back then was wild. Like, it was crazy. Um, how, would you, how would you describe it to somebody who wasn't there, the whole energy and the vibe of it? Think. Step up. Think stomp the yard. Yeah. Think crew culture. Yeah. Think dramatic storyline. You're a part of this crew. Oh no, you stole my dad's home. <laughs> oh no, you didn't steal my dad. Ah. It was dramatic. Yeah. Uh, but that was our point of reference though. But in that time, in that era, Masters of Rhythm was the type of event where your favorite hip hop artists yeah. were trying to get booked yeah. so that they could perform on that stage. Yeah. But the dancers were the main event. Yeah, exactly. It was not the artist. It yeah. was the other way around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the energy was palpable. Fashion was insane. I mean, it was the babes, the ice creams. Yeah. Um, it was the Ed Hardys. It was, it was insane, yeah. but it was colorful though. It was, think color blocking, think um, uh, uh, shades with like, uh, thick frames yeah. that were either white, you know, you had crew members that were uh, wearing white gloves. It was it was really dramatic, really uh, colorful, but really about like um, the street culture and moves and creativity. Yeah. And again, that was a time where it really was about being a part of a crew yeah. type of setup. Like you took so much pride being a part of a crew. Yeah. I mean, back then I started off as a solo dancer yeah. and then... I literally remember that. Yeah, I was a solo Because we all first. used to wait for you to get on stage. I'm just like, because yeah. I didn't know who she was. Everyone is like, I'm like, I have to watch her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when I started off, I, I used to be a solo dancer. Yeah. And then I became a, a, a part of a few crews. Um, I think the first big one that people would be familiar with were the reps, the yeah. repertoires. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm hearing, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was a part of the reps. Uh, but yeah, but the reps were the first people to give me my first taste of... Uh, music video culture. Yeah. Uh, the first music video that I did was Josie's Motherland, Motherland on the rooftop, wearing a red tracksuit uh, with a white shirt, and uh, yeah, having that um, that big shadow reflected on a big building. Yeah. That was that was us. That was beautiful, but it was amazing. Yeah. And you literally were like jumping crews, like the way people yes. like cross floors politically. I did. So that. you were, you were solo. Yeah, I had to call it out. <laughs> Like, we just never knew because we were going there to support Bonkley and then I'm yes. like, uh-uh. Like, where is she now? You know what I mean? So you, I think it was Cryptic and then it was the rep, the reps and then Please. Freeze Frame. No, listen, that was my, I was, that was my you thing. You know this. 
yes. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so when you were jumping crews, like how was that like going on? Because I know it literally was like, not gang in that way, yeah. but everybody was very serious about your crew. It became like your family. No, 100%. So moving from crew to crew, what was that vibe like? How did you get poached? <laughs> That's what it was. I yeah. think that was the word. So I wasn't yeah. crossing by choice. I was being poached. Yeah. But also because, um, you know, like you always look home for me. The first one was Cryptic. Yeah. Um, that was the first crew I was a part of, you know, home being Orange Grove. I just had to walk up the road and, you know, yeah. went into the community hall there. And that's where it started all yeah. for me. From there, it was New Era, but New Era never really got off the ground. Yeah, I didn't actually remember them. I'm sorry. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> then from there, it was the reps. From the reps um, was, babe, from the reps, it was uh, Freeze Frame, yeah? Oh, Kinesics. Oh, my god! Was that with the popping and locking guys? Yes. So yeah. I'm the first lady of Kinesics. Yeah. yeah. They were, they were super, super, super strict, guys. Do you understand? But also, they were probably like cream of the crop. Yeah. Undeniable, yeah. uh, Paku Mabi gift. I remember that. Three formidable. Uh, the fourth member at a time was dot com, yeah. but it was like one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. And then I became the first lady of Kinesics. And I think that pretty much put the stamp of approval of me being popping bunte, like that girl. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. And then the final crew that I was a part of was Freeze Frame. Yeah. So yeah, so it was being about being poached, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I think I did gravitate towards yeah. energies and styles and yeah. collectives that I just really wanted to be a part of. Yeah. I wanted to be a part of different threads and different moments mm-hmm. and different crews. Mm-hmm. And each crew had a different offering and I felt like I could offer different parts of myself to those spaces as well. Yeah. And they afforded me the ability to grow too. No, most definitely. I mean, and, and Freeze Frame, obviously there was a lot of love happening there. What totally. a pretty ugly, like, you know, a lot of things. I mean, that's where it started. No, no, I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's where it all started. <laughs> now, um, when it came to, when it came to dance, especially like back then, you know, mm. there was always this thing that if dance was coming from the streets, it wasn't seen as being cultured and yeah. all of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, people often were, I mean, cause I went to VIT, so everybody's like, oh, if you want to be like an actual dancer, You've got to go to movement classes and yes. contemporary and all that. Yeah. Were you classically trained or was it just like the street, just the streets? Uh, uh, the, 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 the streets taught me. Yeah. I was taught by the streets. Uh, yeah, so, but a uh, self-taught performer as well. Yeah. Um, but everything that I learned was either via phone yeah. um, or I really, I did a lot of studying. So I observed. Yeah. Um, I, as a, someone who was highly introverted, mm-hmm. did very little speaking, yeah. did a lot of watching, a lot of studying. And then I would do a lot of imitation, but it was imitate to interpret for myself or mm-hmm. to improve or to kind of find a different style and finesse. Yeah. And I guess that what's, that's what kind of helped me find my own pocket and my own groove yeah. um, was being able to study the greats. Yeah. I mean, before myself, locally, um, Sino yeah. and Mighty yeah. were the yeah. girls for me. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, yeah, if yeah. I... Uh, because uh, also at that time, I was, there was a complex man. I didn't like how girls were positioned or how they seemed. Like, I, I really resisted feminine energy. Yeah. Bec- and I didn't want to be a part of that. I was just like, uh, I really want to be the girl that hits. Like, mm. I want to hit as hard, if not harder than the boys. Mm. I want to pop as hard as them. Yeah. I want to get into a competition and not have to like do the cute stuff, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, be as hard as the guys, yeah. and and um, and that's what it was about for me. But I did a lot of studying, and I watched a couple of people. But I had good teachers along the way yeah. as well. Um, 
So yeah, so I think being able to uh, borrow, listen, learn, mm. hurt myself, all of that stuff yeah. uh, really just uh, culminated to who and what I am now. Yeah, I think it's so great because I, I actually remember that you were really generally quiet and before you were yeah. on stage, she was not talking to anyone. No. She's just like Mm-mm. blank. There was nothing. Is, nothing. Like, is, there, is the person there? <laughs> Ola, like nothing, nothing. But then, um, you know, so when I, when, in preparing for this conversation, I, I, I looked at your TED talk. I'm just like, oh, Bonkley, my like, God. she's like talk, talking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yes. I still just remember you kind of being like, yeah. that's it, you know, like, and you'd be in and out, you know? Mm. Um, and I, I just, there were so many gems in your TED talk. Um, you spoke, uh, but first of all, like young Bonkley, well, younger Bonkley, can you imagine that you did a TED talk? Never. Yeah? Never. Was I your mom no. surprised? What? <laughs> the mother was shocked. Understand that yeah. between my sisters and I, yeah. I am, as the mediator, I am the introverted one yeah. who said very little mm-hmm. and it would be between them because yeah. they're both very... Uh, Candice, oh, yeah. Candice or and Melo and Rufilo yeah. are very big personalities. Yeah, yeah. So compared to them, I, yeah, yeah it, it was incredibly shocking that I was doing a TED Talk. Yeah. And even for myself saying it now, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I did a TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> for real, yeah. Yeah, no, literally. And you and your sisters are just basically like a force when it comes to, you know, what's going on in SA. So oh, shout out to them. Thank you. Rufio was actually, I know her pretty well. She's a sweetheart. She is. She's, she's, a she's a gem. She's a gem. Yeah. And I know she loves you. Yeah. Lee, you have no idea. Even this conversation between you yeah. and I is unbelievable for me oh, because I've got to let you know, much like... I will attribute my my on-screen but also on-radio persona, especially in the hip-hop space, yeah. I will attribute, attribute it to you a thousand percent. I will give you your roses a hundred percent because, you. Lee, you have, like, you're like big sis to everybody <laughs> and you yeah. know everything about everything that needs to be known about yeah. this culture in and out. And the love and respect that you have for everybody... I think for me was the one thing I really wanted to to borrow from you and take like there's there's a genuine love and interest that yeah. you have for the people and the culture and yeah so I I love you so thank you Thanks. and and I thank my sister for loving you and for introducing love you, too. you to yeah. me yeah thank you oh gosh now she's throwing me all focus like I'm sorry I had to yeah no, but yeah, that really, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anytime. And you know, it's all love always. <laughs> Don't worry, you're still number one. Worry, you know. Or number two, depends because I was a baby, you know. Um, so, you know, in your TED Talk, um, you know, I learned stuff about you that I, that I, that I, I hadn't been away. Mm. So I didn't know how much of an impact that Boomshaka I had um, on, your, yes. on you yes. musically mm-hmm. and, you know, and how you just, you shared about your dad passing in such a courageous way. You were just... Mm. You were so articulate about it, but like so honest about that whole situation. And mm. you spoke about how he had left you um, the Boom Shaka tape before, because yeah. before, you know. Yeah. So, um, what, 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 how would you say that that's impacted your decision to go into dancing and to really follow to follow through? Just basically those life events. You know, as a kid, like you spot something, you fall in love with it. You don't have the words for it, but you're like, I love that thing. Yeah. I really like that thing. Yeah. So there was something about what they did. You know, as soon as I set my eyes on them, I just liked, I just liked the energy behind them. I liked yeah. how they looked, and and um, it was just me feeling like there was something that I resonated with. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to have the words for it, but that's what I wanted to do. Mm. Um, but also because, I mean, going back to that, for anyone who who I guess doesn't know my story, after my dad had passed on, because I attributed his passing. 
or I took fault for his passing, which is so unreasonable yeah. uh, for a, a six-year-old. But I did because the day before, because my dad took his own life. And before he did that, um, the day before he had taken his own life, I had a dream that he had passed on. So I woke up, told my parents that he had passed away the following day he was gone. So it just felt like yeah. that was my fault. Mm-hmm. And if I kept quiet, he probably would have been alive. Yeah. So when they just don't shut up next time, just don't say anything. Yeah. And so that completely silenced me. Mm-hmm. That completely, completely silenced me. So I immediately, before anyone could even tell me I had a good or a bad idea, I immediately invalidated it. Mm. I didn't even share it sure. because I felt like sharing an idea or a thought or anything that came from my own mind was dangerous mm. or was bad mm. or was fatal because my dad died before, yeah. because I told him about a dream I had. Yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, um, it really affected how I engaged with people. Um, did very little talking, did very little socializing. So social anxiety is a very big thing for me. I still feel greatly um, socially awkward at times. Um, My dance studio is a very big exercise. Every single day is like me assuring myself that, okay, you actually are okay to connect with people. You can engage, you can love you can allow, don't rob yourself the opportunity to connect with people yeah. because you're scared yeah. that they won't be here tomorrow. It's yeah. okay to like fully go in. Yeah. My relationship with my husband is the very same thing. Yeah. Um, so I have many examples that exist now that speak to that very same silencing, right? So taking it back to Bumshaka, um, now in hindsight, now that I've been able to study them, as people who advocate but also spoke in a time where they were being vocal as young people, yeah in a political time where Mm. it was about making a statement and being very unapologetic about it, now that I'm able to understand who and what they were, in hindsight, it's like, okay, maybe that's what I was gravitating towards. It Mm. was that audacity. Mm. It was that, no, my way, my rules. This is how I'm going to say it. This is what I want to say, how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to look fly doing it. And I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to have range. I'm going to be political, but I'm also going to be fun. And I'm going to be cute. And I'm going to be sassy. So I think there were so many different pockets about them outside of the entertainment value that I just really loved. And I think 10 before me also, um, as because I was always a a bigger girl my whole life. And Listen, I just your body's like, banging all the time, 24-7. Three, I mean, I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. Just saying. Thank you. Thank you. Excuse me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But, but in the dance space, especially when I started, when I pivoted into the corporate space, and I started working with different choreographers, yeah. um, there were times where I felt like, because I didn't have the dancer's archetype, yeah. which was smaller, mm. There were costumes that were already made. So they're not going to make costumes. You must find a way to fit in what's already there. That's crazy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, So it was like, it it was tough, especially when I tried to, you know, the Latin space is more jazz, Latin, Mm. you know. Again, I was always thicker. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so Tembi, for me, I was like, yo, Man, she's just so... Like, you know, and she just feels... Yeah, she was just so confident about that. So, again, in hindsight, it was just like... That, again, was... I didn't understand that 
that connection from a very young age would resonate throughout my life. So I really do tribute a lot. And Tembi knows it, yeah. you know, which is beautiful. So, yeah. You, you, you could probably see yourself um, in Tembi Maybe. as well. Maybe, yeah, yes. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, because I don't know at what point you got to meet her, but are you and Jiga Majiga, right? Yes. Didn't you win it? Thank you. I was going to say, I won my episode. She's like, oh. We've got to make that clear. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so on my episode, um, it was one. It was during that time when Jiguma Chiga went from uh, the the Spuchua era and then went into hip hop. Yeah, and I won a hip hop episode. On, on that episode, it was Dot Com yeah. and Larry, yeah. and yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and did, was that the first time that you actually met Tembi? That was the first time I met Tembi, yeah. and she's a sweetheart. Tembi is the sweetest person, like a gem. Down, yeah. And so, what was that like for you? Was it, you know, were you fanning or were you just like, yeah? You have were you no being idea. Vocally, like I ain't talking <laughs> to you like that. <laughs> no, I no. It was I had a, a, a huge fan girl moment. Yeah. And I will not shy away from yeah. being a fan. Yeah. I will come to you and I will say, yo. Yeah. I love you. I adore you. Um, and she she took it in so well. Yeah. And she she loved it. She appreciated it. I mean, she liked me. Yeah. And she thought I was a great dancer. Yeah. And then thereafter, she followed my career. Yeah. Um, and any other time we connected after that and we saw each other after yeah. that, it was just like, oh, she remembered my name. Yeah. Oh, she knows this or she remembers yeah. this and she remembers that. And then when we connected again and we got to have a conversation for the first time was when I um, was doing the choreography for the Netflix production Chaiva. Yeah. Please and say that again slowly. Just like, just floss for a second. Just be like, what's for the... Scene? Okay, so there's a production, a dance production, the first African original yeah. uh, dance production on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and myself and Tom London were the head choreographers of that project. And uh, we met on, you know, when you do these press runs. Yeah. And we sat down and we spoke. And I got to tell her, look, Tembi, this is the impact that yeah. you and Lebo had on me. Yeah. So please understand that in real time, you don't know, you didn't know as a 15-year-old, boom shaka member. Yeah. Snap, she was 15. She was yeah, 15. She was really young. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was really young. Yeah. So she didn't know yeah. that years later, mm. it would impact on a Buntle. Mm. And now the domino effect or the ripple effect is Buntle having whatever effect on whichever kid mm. is um, impacted or inspired by, by me. So it's like having that connection and being able to speak and then crying and then hurt giving me some love was like unreal to me. Yeah. I just wanted to shower her with love and yeah. she had, she reciprocated that energy so beautifully. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's hard to, it's hard to describe. And your career, I mean, you've done so many things. Are we going to get into your music? Like just because oh. I'm, re- I'm just like, I think wow. that's such a vibe, but um, you know, when it came to acting, you were, mm. I think you were in hear me move. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So talk to us about that. That was the first African feature film yes. about dance, and it's basically your life because everybody's watching Stomp the Yard, da, da, all of those other things. Okay, we see you, we see you, we see yes. you. But then here's Bonkley, like frontlining. <laughs> we're like, okay, okay, we're here. Yeah. So talk to us about just this person. I mean, um, Bramfontein. Anyway, so <laughs> so talk to us about just being, you know, how that came about w- when you got the call mm. and just branching into acting. What what was that energy like for you? Whew. Man, I've done a lot of firsts. Eh? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, okay, so before Hear Me Move, there was a dance film I was a part of, but it was a film for TV. Yeah. Okay. And it was called Zion. Okay. 
Um, but there I was just a supporting cast member, just a, a silent crew member. You're like number two. I was, I was, I was number 25 on the call sheet, okay? Not number one. <laughs> I was number 25. Uh, but hear me move. Jeez, that one was interesting. Um, so at the time I was working with a choreographer, his name was Paul Mujaji. Mm-hmm. And I was doing cabaret shows. Wow. Girl, yes. I'm like, okay. Yes. So at the time, I was doing cabaret shows um, and I started choreographing and doing stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I was on the stage and I was doing more stage slash theater work, if you're going to put it in that bracket. Um, And uh, Paul Mujachi then then became the choreographer of Hear Me Move. And then I wasn't interested in Spoja at the time. Mm. I could do it, but, you know, it wasn't like... I, 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 I also didn't find it my strong point, yeah. Because mm. I, I like being honest about what I feel I'm capable yeah. of. Um, and it just felt like I was going to be ingenuine by mm-hmm. going to go audition for something. That's not really my thing. Mm. So I knew about the auditions. And I knew that Paul Mujachi was choreographing it because I was working with Paul Mujachi on the cabaret shows. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it. So we're in Rosebank. There was a dance studio in Rosebank right next door. So there were like two uh, spaces to audition in. The one side had the audition side and then the other side was where we were um, rehearsing. Yeah. I was doing a commercial. Yes, I was cast for a commercial for something else um, or for a menstrual product. Yeah. Anyway, like, <laughs> so you know, yeah. So I was, I was doing those dance ads. Yeah. Happy to have I'm a like, period. That's actually so funny for me, like thinking. <laughs> But look, you gotta get paid, honestly. No, you gotta. Uh-huh. You gotta. You, gotta, you, gotta. Paid, yeah. you do. Um, so at the time, that's what I was working on. And next door was the auditions for Hear Me Move, but I was not intending on yeah. going. Um, Paul Mujaji was there. I go next door. I'm gonna go greet. Hey, Paul, just letting you know that I'm here. The director, Scott Smith, yeah. sees me. Yeah. Asks who I am. Asks to see me. Um, and says, Do you act? No, I don't. Um, would you like to act? Yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, here's a script. Uh, learn it. You've got 10 minutes and then come in and do an audition. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So while I'm trying to rehearse for this commercial, I'm trying to learn the script. Yeah. Um, so I grab a moment. I think we had a break at the time. I learned the script really quickly. Dash next door, do the audition. I thought I flunked it. I'm not really invested, so whatever. I think about a month, yeah, six weeks later or so, I get the call. Hey, you made it through to the second call. Please, can you come back from a callback for a callback? I'm like, all right, cool. I mean, sure. Do the callback. I did the dance audition, so that like wasn't a thing for me. Um, next thing, I was cast for Hear Me Move as a Crazy. lead female character. I was like, what? You're like from number 25 to number one. Plus you know what I'm saying? Plus. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was wild for me, but uh, a, a beautiful introduction into the yeah. world of acting because. It was in my pocket. Yeah. You know, it didn't yeah. feel unfamiliar. It was yeah. familiar territory. Yeah. You know, so all I had to do was be a dancer um, in this acting role. So yeah. it, it really wasn't hard for me to transition into. Yeah. But I had a great um, um, male, lead male counterpart, that being Yanni Sotete. Yeah. Um, and he was amazing. And everyone who was a part of the cast was great as well. A great support system. Mm. Um, and they really helped me just uh, find my feet in the world of acting. Yeah. For sure. And now let, let's um, also just move into you opening a dance studio. I think that that is so dope, like Thank honestly you. speaking. Mm. But I know that often when you have an idea from the time that the you have the idea to mm. the 
the entire process and it actually starting. Yeah. So what what was that like? Was it smooth? When did you decide you want to... Oh, okay. Let's hear the story. No, She's no. like, nah. She's no. Like, <laughs> you know, it always starts with an idea. Yeah. It always starts with a thought. So already the imposter syndrome in me was like, yeah. ma'am, yeah. get real. Yeah. That's not possible. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's asking yourself questions like, okay, how do I even start? Where do I even... Where do I even begin? Mm. Does anyone really care? Yeah. You know, we care. <laughs> yeah, but for me, I just felt yeah. like, especially like the older I was getting, the more and more I'm getting questions like, okay, so when are you going to start dancing and get serious about life? Like, when are you going to get a real job? Yeah. So being, con- and even myself, pulling myself out of the dance world because I'm in the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to take the ranking in the entertainment industry, if I'm going to try position myself as a television host or as a radio personality, uh, for you to take me seriously, I need to stop dancing. Yeah. And there's that conflict, right? It's like, yeah, I can't really go from hosting a TV show and then go back, mm. da- go dance for an artist and mm. go back for them. It, 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 it just didn't yeah. make sense, you know? Yeah. So because all of these things are happening, these conversations are happening, it's like, eh, yeah, I'm not really going to do the dance thing anymore. But eventually, you know, um, when dance said, okay, even if you think you're done with me, I'm not done with you, mm. there's still some work to do. It was going back to the drawing board and saying, okay, no, but why do I actually really care about this thing? Like, mm. why do I love this thing so much? Um, and connecting the dots. Um, I mean, you know, as someone who's managed themselves their entire career, basically, mm. except in the last two years, uh, you know, doing everything yourself independently, and just having like maybe two or three points of reference. I mean, my points of reference in the dance space in terms of how to adapt or grow or to even like diversify mm. was a Somizim Shong, yeah. was a Losha Cooper. Yeah. Um, Losha was dope. Yeah. Losha was amazing. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, maybe the next best thing for me to do is backstage. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? What's wrong with backstage? You know how many people came from backstage? <laughs> I'm teasing. It did. It really broke so many yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um So yeah, so there were my points of reference. And yeah. then it was like, okay, cool. I think maybe the thing is, at some point, I, I'm going to have to get rid of this dance thing and yeah. then I'll, I'll branch out into other things in the entertainment industry. Fine. I get, uh, uh, um, uh, I get into a management relationship uh, with um, Stalo Entertainment. And I expressed to them, that so we have a sit down and we speak about okay what do you want what do you actually really want what have been your issues in and around dance what what do you where do you see yourself and I had to be very um very meticulous and very detailed about what I think what I feel what I hate what I love what I intend on doing within the next two or three years and understanding that through the power of collaboration and really connecting the dots and um finding people who have the time to actually listen and a level of interest to want to know what you want and how to help assist make it happen for you, that's what they were for me. Um, And, yeah, so it took some time. It took uh, a lot of thinking. It took a lot of searching, finding, questioning. Um, And then eventually, I mean, the dance studio, that space, before it was a... uh, beauty salon yeah. but it was vacant yeah. and now it was a storeroom mm-hmm. 
it, if you see how it looked before, it was just the a, before and after. Yo, yeah. it was bad. It was a back room that nobody cared about. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, how do you turn the space around? Yeah. Eventually got to see the space um, and had to see it before it was even there. And it took a while. It took a while. It really, really took a while to get into the space. And by the time the studio was ready, the, studio, the dance studio was ready for about, I'd say, seven, eight months. Yeah. Before was this we during even COVID announced. Or? Yeah, it was during COVID. Yeah, that's crazy. During COVID. Crazy. So you see, now yeah. it's COVID. Now people need to watch their coins. Yeah. And it's like, does, do people really care about a dance studio? Yeah. In where people need to prioritize mm-hmm. things that wait. COVID is forcing people to think about their lives mm-hmm. and, and, you know, people are, are changing their thinking and, and their level of importance for things. And it's like, I don't know if a studio is important to people. Actually, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I think that pause was necessary. Yeah, um, yeah actually seven months, it could have been nine, ten months. The studio was ready and we sat on it and we said nothing about it. And I think it was November of 2021 where we put the news out to say, okay, hey, I'm doing this thing. Mm. I'm opening a dance studio. Um, and even after the announcement, we still waited. Yeah. And we only opened the doors officially to the dance studio in April of 2022. Wow. So again, I, I, I guess that was just like another timing conversation, mm. another trust exercise, reading the room, mm. trying to make sense of it. Um, and then just like really closing our eyes and saying, okay, let's, Let's just dive yeah. and let's, let's see where we go. Yeah, and just talking about reading the room and like once it opened and so forth, obviously one of, I think, okay, so first of all, there's you and you're pretty much one of the most, when it comes to dance in Africa, you're one of the most consistent people. Like people think dance in Africa because of all the work you've done, mm. MTV based, everything, like people know you. Yeah. And then Kelly Rowland, short lived, like <laughs> how does this happen? You know what I mean? And, and also her coming to the studio, what is the impact of that? And just teaching her how to dance. Like what was that whole energy like? Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Um, you never know. Yeah. You never know who sees you. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. Um, so, You've got to continue to put the work out. Mm-hmm. Um, just post it. Just share it. Yeah. Just don't overthink it. Don't reshoot it. Mm-hmm. Don't re... No, just put it out. Yeah. Um, because somewhere in there, due to that consistency, somewhere on the other side of the world, thousands of kilometers away, mm-hmm. someone is able to see your yeah. work and it's like, hey, I'm coming to the country. Yeah. There is somewhere well, she, here she, that she, I've just, seen. So, so she came to SA yeah. and she was working on... Excuse me. Can we say it? Can we say the brand? She was here with an alcohol brand. Yeah. <laughs> she was here with an alcohol yeah. brand and she was doing work here. Yeah. And it was an, on the day she was flying out. Yeah. She had an hour open. Yeah. And she had connected with somebody and was like, there's this girl. Mm. Um, and I want to go to her studio. I want to That's see her. Dope. Yeah. She came to the studio. Yeah. That was wild to me. Yeah. Like it, I was told the morning of, but they need to go to the studio. Someone is coming. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. They told me who it was. And I was like, there's no way. Mm. Kelly Rowland wants to come see you. I was like, that's wild. Mm. Then I called my sisters like, guys, I don't believe it now, but please just come <laughs> with me. Just, I need support. I need some support here. So that if it doesn't happen, we're yeah. all right. We'll just go out for lunch after that. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, but she came. Yeah. And what a wholesome, beautiful yeah. human being. Yeah. An incredible soul. Yeah. I mean, I was blown away by a couple of things. I was like, okay, 
So this is your real height, so... <laughs> oh, we're the same height, girl! Oh my gosh! And I was like, okay, so if you're this size, then Beyonce is also, okay! okay. <laughs> you're like sizing everything I'm up. I'm sizing yeah. everything up like in real time. Yeah. And it's like, wow, because everything just feels so far away. Yeah. Being able to touch her yeah. was wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up being three sisters. Yeah. We're arguing about who's Michelle, yeah. who's Kelly, yeah. and who's Beyonce. Who are you? I mean, <laughs> I would want to be Beyonce. And then Rufilo would never let that happen. I was about so to I was say. always Kelly. Yeah, yeah. I was always Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I met Kelly. Yeah, yeah. Kelly, um, Kelly. Kelly, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was beautiful. Again, and she was so intrigued. Mm. Love the space, love the studio, love the view, and then loved interacting and engaging. Yeah. And then she just wanted to know, like, what this thing, like, she was like, okay, teach me something. And mm. then I taught her something really cute, some Amapiano piano grooves. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, okay, you can take this home yeah. um, with you and here's a, here's a bounce. Because, I mean, that's where you always yeah. start, right? You start with teaching people yeah. grooves and bounces before you even get into dance moves yeah. just so that they understand how to listen to music mm. and all of that. So anyway, so we're getting her into that groove and into that bounce and she wanted to know like, what's the ancestral meaning behind this? And yeah. I was like, Chomi, uh, this is us just saying Like, <laughs> let's go. There's nothing ancestral about it, babe. But I mean, hey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she was so intrigued Me and too. it was beautiful and um, you guys yeah. looked like you had a genuine connection. Like you could tell she, yeah. she I, I, I imagine that she has an, an affinity towards you. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are other things that I wish I could share, but you know, no, something no, no. such just it for you. Yeah. Hold it yourself. Um, yeah. But yeah, but we, yeah, it's been beautiful since. But now let's fast forward to some of the work you've been doing globally, right? Yes, I, I want to understand what exactly happens in an Ama Piano class in Sweden. Like, <laughs> who's who's in the class? Is it Swedish people? Is it people from the diaspora who are homesick? Like, what's happening in this situation? Ah, uh, jeez. You are getting... Okay, so understand that you are in Europe. Yeah. Okay? So when you are in Europe, a country is literally, if you're going to equate, equate it to South Africa, yeah. or compare it to South Africa, is a province away. Yeah. So you're going to another country. Uh, another country is an hour and a half. Mm. It's a bus. It's a train away. That's it's like two hours door, away. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everything is just so close. So the people who are coming to a, an Amapiano class in Sweden mm. are from different countries. Yeah. Belgium, Denmark, wow. Paris, France, the yeah. UK. And again, th- these are people who... The, the level of uh, exposure and understanding to the cultures, what they see on mm. their phones and what they scroll and come across on TikTok and mm. Instagram. Um, but that for them is like more than enough, yeah. right? I that's mean, crazy. The, the energy for them is so palpable mm. that they're like, yeah, that's that thing that I want mm. to learn. Um, but again, it just speaks to the power of Amapiano and yeah. what it's been able to do. Whether the first point of, the, the first touch point was the music mm. or whether it was a dance or whether, whether it was a challenge or whatever it was, that thing brought them into mm. that dance class yeah. in Sweden. Yeah. And that happened, it was about 10 days. Yeah, that's um, crazy. And yeah. I was teaching two workshops a day, um, Amapiano and Benga. So yes. they actually, wow. so Benga is the dance style to Grom yeah. music. So they wanted to go 
<laughs> as far back as that. That's crazy. And they wanted to understand. Like, they want to know. Mm. Like, what is... What is the difference? And so I was teaching those two styles and then there were, it was for the Afia Festival. And um, quite interestingly enough, Sweden has a massive interest in Ispansula first. That's crazy. How would they yeah, even, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Some yeah. of the best white dancers that I've seen doing African dance styles, dance styles are in Sweden that's doing Spansul. Wow. It is That's wild. wild. Yeah. It is so wild. Yeah. But what's crazy about them, their level of investment mm. is so deep mm. that they come to South Africa, they relocate, they stay here. The, uh, yeah, some of them were like staying in Orange Farm or they stay somewhere in Soweto. And they don't mind. They, they don't stay in, in a back room. Yeah. No, 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 they no, no. Yeah. no, no, no. Because yeah. they want to experience it wow, in real time. Crazy. They want to yeah. understand the culture and the people. Mm. And they will stay there for years, months, months at a time or weeks at a time, over a couple of years. Mm. And then you watch them and they, they've got the intricacies. They understand. They know what the bounce and the groove is. I love that. Yeah. Um, but that's where, that's where they love uh, for, for, for South African dance culture stems from. But if you are coming to an Amapiano class in Sweden, that's what you're most likely that's to so experience. It's, it's wild, yeah. but it's beautiful. And I, and I love um, I just, I, I, I love those visuals because it, it just really reminds us as Africans of the power that we hold, especially culturally and the fact that everybody is really invested in what's going on in Africa. I think that's so dope. Yeah. Um, you know, you you articulated um, what what Amapiano was. You said that Kwaito is the are the ancestors of Amapiano. I thought yeah. that was so dope. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and you also spoke a bit about uh, different dance uh, different dance styles in different African countries. So when you think of Dombolo and yes. and so forth, like from traveling the continent, mm. are there any dance styles that are like kind of similar or you know what I mean? Like oh yeah. yeah in, in, from South Africa, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many dance styles that you'll see, um, like reimagined, yeah. or uh, modern interpretations of old school dance moves. Yeah. And that's why I say that yeah. they are ancestors. Yeah. And Amapiano is the successor to Kwaito. Yeah. Because you see what that timeline looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you take something like, um, like a. a Ndombolo, which will be from the DRC, yeah, yeah. Um, you'll see similar waist movements yeah. in Amapiano today. Yeah. You know, if you see something in, jeez, um, I mean, I can't think of them now, but there's so many. There's yeah. so many. There's so many dots yeah. that you're able to connect yeah. 100%, which is really cool because um, I was speaking about the power of Amapiano and its inclusive nature. Mm-hmm. And I was saying Amapiano at its base level mm-hmm. Unlike Rome music um, or uh, the dance style of Benga, it needs you to have a certain type of knee. Mm. Which I don't think Your I have. Your knees <laughs> must be a certain type of yeah. way because the voshos need... Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Um, Ispanzula, super intricate yeah. in the footwork. Mm. Really fast pace. But it, 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 it's super intentional, yeah. really fast. You know what I'm saying? I'm a piano literally is its beauty is in its simplicity yeah. so even in its execution less is more yeah you're not there to overperform it you don't need to overexert energy if you're doing too much um that's what you're doing yeah. ah. it's like, it's okay. you're not even doing <laughs> i'm a piano the right way yeah 
Um, so yeah, so it's inclusive in its nature. Yeah. So one, you're able to identify different dance styles from different times and yeah. from different eras, just reimagined, mm-hmm. or excuse me, or different interpretation yeah. of it today. Yeah. But also there's a level of simplicity yeah. and a balance either of the shoulders yeah. or in the head or in your pointing, yeah. excuse me, yeah. um, that really um, allows anyone and everyone to feel like they can dance. Okay. And, and that's beautiful, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what dance is about. It's yeah. just, it's, that's what it I is. I mean, I don't know if anyone and anyone, because like... You can. Girl. Let, let's have an offline about this. You, yeah, she's, you know. So I just want to, um, I just want to, we're going to have a few questions for Bonkley if you have, so we can start getting that ready. Talk to me about Rick Jade. Oh my god. Okay, so Rick Jade, let's start from the beginning. So Rick, Rick Jade, Jade Rick Jade is gotcha. a musical <laughs> is a duo. Uh, um so it's myself and my husband. Yeah. Uh my husband is pretty ugly. People yeah. would know him as pretty ugly. Yeah. Name is Ricardo. Yeah. My second name is Jade Lee. Yeah. So Rick Jade, Ricardo. Jade Lee yeah. together yeah. is Rick Jade. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, for the longest of time in his music, f- pretty much like from his first project, I would say, I would do backing vocals. Are you getting royalties off that? I'm just, just asking. You know, not you don't, like, don't pay the bank. Like, <laughs> not the royalties you think, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, um, so I would do vocals for him on his stuff. Yeah. Uh, but that was just me like messing around. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. ne- nothing um, I took seriously ever. And as the years went along, he was just like, you know, you need to find a confidence in this. Like, yeah. you know, you can actually do it. You can. Yeah. And I was just like, no, 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 no. That's yeah. my sister's talent. Yeah. That's not mine. Yeah. I'm just in the back. Yeah. No. Um, and then he was like, no, you got to yeah. um, de- find the courage to do it. Yeah. But Rick Jade, I think, um, geez, uh, that one is a really important, incredibly, incredibly important part of my life in exploring music. Yeah. One, because it was a massive conversation of confidence. Mm-hmm. And being scared and being a student and doing something that I felt like, it, of everything that I've done, it was the scariest mm-hmm. in, in, in art. Mm-hmm. The scariest thing for me to explore because I just felt super naked yeah. and super vulnerable, yeah. but also super incapable. Mm-hmm. And he just assured me every single time that I could That's do nice. it. So he's like, okay, to help you grow your confidence in music. I'm gonna, we're going to do this thing together. But also because it just yeah. felt great making yeah. music together. Yeah. It was just fun. Yeah. It was just our thing. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then we put out a project, um, DNA, so the new Africa. Nice. Um, and yeah, that was beautiful. That was like the birth of me doing music with him. Yeah. And that was also a side of him that allowed him to really explore sounds that... Yeah. Pretty Ugly or the bracket of mm. Pretty Ugly doesn't allow him to do. Yeah, because Pretty yeah. Ugly should rap, right? No, listen, can I just can I just jump in there? Yes. One of the first like pan-African kind of like hip-hop collabs was yes. Pretty Ugly, Ecstatic and AKA... Oh! oh! Are you kidding me? Like everyone across the board. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. No, 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 oh no. Shout out, shout out. Like that was... Even till today, no. Right? Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so... Uh, Rick Jade, I loved the fact that it afforded him the possibility yeah. um, to just explore different sides of him that Pretty Ugly didn't allow him yeah. to. And yeah, so loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, so yeah, so we are going to be 
releasing something together soon. Oh, Again. I like that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then um, one of these days, I might just drop a solo thing. But it's because I just really want yeah. to. I, yeah. mean, in this, in this, I mean, when I look at the way that you were floor crushing with dance crews, I'm not surprised. You're just like... I mean, it's, yes. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 But also, I mean, that's what life is, right? Yeah, I mean, try it. Yeah. How, how unfortunate would it be if you, when I look at a gravesite, gravesites yeah. to me just look like a lot of unfinished business. Yeah. And if I go there and I feel like I did life without finishing my business mm-hmm. and exploring every single possibility of yeah. what I can do, simply because I was scared of this, that, and the fifth, yeah. especially because I was so scared of so many things yeah. very early on in my life. Mm. Nah, yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, and I, it just sets the wrong... I mean, yeah. our baby's name is Africa. Yeah. So that, just in her name, yeah. is just a big responsibility, yeah. a big... You know, it's a people. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spirit. It's, you mm. know what I'm saying? So if I'm going to be the mother to Africa... Mm. It needs me to be daring, yeah, and yeah, and I have to. And now, and now, just talking about gravesides, I'm, you know, obviously in the last is it because time seems to be flying. The last two years or so, it's been mm. between Ricky, you know, Kieran, Costa, mm. and everything. And I know you had a relationship with all of them, yeah. So just with that, like, what has that made you think about life in a different way? What do you remember the most from either one of the from either one of the three? If you would be able to mm. share and that kind of thing, yeah. Between the three, I mean, look, uh, Ricky, Kiernan, incredible people. Yeah. Like, in, incredible Insane. people. Yeah. And um, if you got to know them on a personal capacity, I mean, it was an absolute privilege to know them in person, mm-hmm. right? Um, Costa, to me, was the closest. Yeah. Costa, because... We were in the same dance crew. Freeze frame. Freeze frame. <laughs> so it goes as far back as that. Yeah. So I knew Costa when he was thin. I mean, he still had the Johnny Bravo build. Yeah. But he was much smaller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, um, but I knew him as the guy who had like the gel or the curl yeah. in his hair. Yeah. Um, I knew Costa when he first started branching out into music. Um, and when he was exploring different sounds. So, yes, people got to know him through Amapiano, but, geez, I mean, he did hip-hop. He, yo, man, Costa did so much. Um, And also, he was so, he was always, he was, as someone who was also very quiet and very introverted, he was also very daring. Mm. And he just really wanted to explore anything and everything. Mm. And he just didn't want to limit yeah. himself. Yeah. And, you know, whether he was advised against it or not, mm. whether, it, whether it was like exploring a sound that is, isn't really considered mm. um, what someone like him should be doing, mm. he did it. And he was surrounded by people that supported him, yeah. you know, um, that were there with him, who were his boys, and we all danced together. Yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, seeing his growth and seeing his trajectory for me was incredibly inspiring. Yeah. And I loved him. I loved Costa. I loved yeah. working with him, even when we judged the show together. Yeah. Dancio Dumo. Um, he was uh, very specific about the things that he loved. He would give so much advice. Yeah. 
extremely nurturing, very caring, never left anyone behind. Yeah. He really was about putting people on. So he was, it, it, he was very intentional about having people around him mm. and them showing up with him all the time. Yeah. The only thing you had to do if you were with Costa was show up with him. I like that. And he just afforded you the affordability yeah. to, or gave you the opportunity to show up and to connect whatever dots yeah. you needed to connect. And so I love that so much about him. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm heartbroken, yeah. you know, yeah. because Titch Gang, you know what I'm saying? So Titch Gang, yeah, so, uh, you know, just thinking about, because he had just gone into that deal with Akon and Convict Music, and I was like, yo, yeah. I can't it's imagine yeah. where he could have gone with it. Yeah. Um, and looking at the numbers of Big Flexa, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Javi and I were talking about it today, it was like 69 yeah. million or something Insane. like that. I don't know oh. if there's a, I'm a piano song, t- no, Jerusalem, it's not really that. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's not, yeah, but it, that, yeah, cost, in terms of numbers, yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. What could he have done yeah. with this? It was only the beginning. It was only, it was the, beginning. only the beginning. So for yeah. that to have ended so quickly, I think just really, yeah, it was so heartbreaking. Yeah. Especially because it was like, when you think of like, it's like, man, he didn't deserve to go out yeah. so early. Yeah. Not, not such a loving, yeah. sweet guy like that. Yeah. Nah. No, thanks for sharing that so openly. Um, just before I wrap up, if there are any questions. Oh, okay. We'll start. <laughs> yeah, very quick. Like she was ready. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Bunzea. Hey, sis. Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, so you were just talking about like being daring, mm. right? Which is not easy, mm. you know what I mean? And I just wanted to ask, like, you mentioned how you managed yourself most of your life, right? Mm. So, like, can you just talk us through, like, that decision to let go of some of the reins and let someone else hop mm. into your career and help you to become even greater than you thought you could be. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, please talk us through that because that's a very daring choice. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah, super. I'm, uh, thank you for that question. I'm incredibly grateful for the fact that I started managing my career and myself for the longest of time until about two, three, yeah, about two years ago. One, because I got to get into the ins and outs of what I want my business to be, um, how I want things to go, you know, negotiations, um, covering anything from the administration, anything logistical, anything financial. It really, I needed to get my hands dirty and get a grip on everything and every part of of, of um, everything that I have now. Needing to go into or finding that management, uh, taking that management step was a very big one for me. One, because as someone who is a DIY, I've got to, I, I have to do everything myself. But it's understanding that I absolutely cannot do everything myself. Yeah. There are people who are more knowledgeable, who are more well-equipped, who are able to... Um, because I felt that to a point I had hit a ceiling and I didn't know how to crack that and how to move beyond that point by myself, it was important for me to find management and people who I felt could help me move forward um, in the ways that I felt would be a little more ideal, mm. um, in the ways that I couldn't in my own capacity, you know, because again, you're a lone ranger and sometimes I, I, I'm a creator first, right? And 
Sometimes you want to be able to delegate other responsibilities to other people so that I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to do it. And I think I've worked my way to the point where I can afford to do that now. And I need to be able to, especially now being a mother, I mean, me becoming a mother happened. Africa's turning four. Yeah, Yeah. that happened. Yeah, so it's like, I'm a mother, I'm a wife. On top of everything that I've needed to do and that I was able to do by myself without being a mother and a wife, I have to be able to relieve myself of other things, grow in business, um, and uh, and still be able to show up in the other roles in it in the most um, in a maximum capacity or as much as I can and in the best way that I can. Um, but it was hard, and it still continues to be hard. Um, because, you know, sometimes just like, Ash, I don't like how you answered that email. <laughs> Ash, I also don't like how you, I didn't like the time frame in which you, but again, you know, it's understanding that there is so much power in collaboration. Yeah. And that's what I love. Yeah. It's that power of collaboration and finding the people who make that journey easier yeah. um, to, um, to, to trust it and to work towards um, the same goal. So, but it was hard. Is that where you are in your life now? Yeah? I hope you find them. It's going to make life a lot easier for you. Trust you, me. I th- I'm sure, I don't know you, but I'm sure you're great on your own. But I, you will be better with the team behind you because the support is necessary. Hey, sis. I'm Tata. So I've been a fan. So I remember seeing you at Monte Casino. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, of Rhythm. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 2007. Absolutely. I mean, just that we, even without the dance, the body changes, right? We're getting older. It's just how it is, you know? So the energy is not the same. Um, your flexibility and, you know, all of that stuff changes, right? But if I did not have dance, ma'am, it would have been a it show. <laughs> it would have been so bad. But dance has been everything to me. It really has. Um, um, physically... Dance has been my physical wealth, my mental wealth, my spiritual wealth. I have found in dance. And that's why the studio is so important to me. Because I need to use that space as a vehicle for anyone who wants to use that very same thing. To find self. To fall in love with that body again. To hate that body and then to, to, to understand it. To find awareness. To not like it to find it, to, you know, that conversation with your body, that conversation with yourself, it never stops for me. So 
I have moved through points in my life where I was comfortable in my body and then I had to have performative confidence because, you know, I don't want to wear my problems on my sleeve and I don't want you to know that I'm not in a good space right now because you're either going to use it against me or, you know, you're not, some will support me, some won't support me, some will, uh, you know, try to uh, troll me on it. So there were moments where I had to have performative confidence and I had to, like, really act like I love my body and I, I, I really don't. I'm not in a good space. But um, after, I mean, three weeks after I gave birth, I went to work on the Netflix production. Same. Three yeah. weeks after giving birth. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's, that's what it is. It's that Beyonce. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and that's, because I was working such long hours, um, choreographing, training the dancers and everything, it, I got to shed the weight quite quickly. Um, and also, I'm not like a big lover of the gym. So, dance for me will always be the answer, right? Um, but it, dance again... <sighs> Because it's, it's, it's the tool that I use to have conversation with identity, to have conversation with femininity, sensuality, sexuality, um, it, it, it's allowed me to have the love-hate relationship, but to find the confidence that I now have in real time with dance and with myself through dance. So, um, yeah, but my body has changed, absolutely. Um, but, you know, I'm, it's like anything and everything, you evolve, you adapt, or you die. Yeah. And I'm not choosing to die anytime soon. <laughs> so that's it. So, yeah, so the evolution of self as well, and also through dance. Uh, yeah, I've really allowed it to... Yeah, that's what I was about to say. What? I'm just like, your body is still banging. Like, Thank you! But yeah, thank you, yeah. thank you. It's I mean, Javi knows I complain every other day. I'm just like, oh my, I don't like this. <laughs> but you know, yeah, but thank you, yeah. thank you. So we're going to take two more questions before we wrap up with Bunt. Um, hi, Bunt. Hey, babe. Um, so I also have a body question. Mm -hmm. In terms of not your body not fitting into what the dance industry's body is. Mm. I don't know how I want to phrase this question, but it is so hard mm. because you see the dance industry going from like very thin girls to mm. very, now I would say like slim, thick girls. Yes. And that's what's trending on mm. TikTok. Mm. So how does one, and especially in this generation, like we have a lot of, we have a lot of mental issues. Sure. So how does one go about just waking up and just taking that phone and recording and actually dancing mm. and falling in love and learning more about this industry and this dance mm. and just exploring the industry without restricting the body. Because I feel like most people don't care mm. what their body looks like. Mm. I feel like you know when you have that talent. Mm. And you grow up watching a book, and you're like, I mind, I can also do this. Sure. Yeah. But now, when you post it, mm. it's a thing of. Yeah, so I think that's my question. Mm. That uh, 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 <laughs> doesn't stop. Trust you me, it doesn't stop. Um, look, I mean, there's, there's a couple of things that I can address in um, what you had mentioned there. 
But I'll, I'll start with what I say to people all the time. Start where you are with what you've got. And the point is to start. I think people set their eyes on someone, they set their eyes on something, and they want that, but they don't understand that it means for you to start where you are, which is in your crust, which is in your dust, which is in your immaturity, your amateurity, and continuing to, and, and being okay with that. Um, with the popcorn generation and everything being so instant and that search of instant gratification, I, I feel so bad for the girls growing up in this time now. It really sucks for them. That's why it's going to be very important for Happy and I as we raise Africa and our kids thereafter. There's a great sense of self and a confidence and an, aware, an awareness you have to have in especially living in a world where they feel like they have to dictate who you are, yeah. how you are, how you should best show up, how they prefer you to be. And it, it's, it's ridiculous, right? Because it, it really is about you. You've got to have... You've really got to have a great sense of self-awareness. Okay? Um, know where you are right now Know where it is that you want to be because there has to be a gap between good and great, right? And you need to know how you need to fill in that gap. Um, you're going to have to be very intentional about who you want to be. Um, and you're going to have to be okay with the things that are going to come with all of that stuff. So if we're going to talk about the social media thing, you must understand. At me, social media, they have told me, Buntle, you can't dance. Wow. Oh, Buntle, you're ridiculous for this and for that. If I listened to social media, it would, this conversation, this now, would not be happening. Even before social media, if I listened to my mom, and I love my mom, I do. The first time my mom came to see me perform, at a show because I would, my mom hated the fact that I was dancing through high school. Also because I was dishonest. I'd say I had assignments and I didn't have assignments. I was actually going to crew practice. And she, when she finally came to a performance of mine, it was a Masters of Rhythm 2008 and it was the worst performance of my life. It was really bad. My mom was sitting front row and then she's like, that's why I don't want you to do this. So if I listened to my mom when she said, stop, now, as the dancer, you would not know her. So the, there's a great deal of not listening you're going to have to do in a very loud world. There's a great deal of um, silencing even your own voice. I've said many times to myself, I don't need no enemies. I've, I've said the worst things to myself. I've said the worst things. No one can say anything to me worse than what I've told myself. Especially if you know that you're incredibly... If you're critical, are you hard on yourself? Yeah. Um, so you're going to have to be very gentle with yourself, especially in the learning, unlearning. Um, if you're not happy about certain things about yourself, you're going to have to work on them. It's just the truth of the matter. I think there's things as well that younger people want to do without the work. They want to get the stuff. They want the rewards. They want 
the applause, the applause, the compliments, the this, the that. They want to book the shows and whatever else without doing the work. Like anything else, you have to study the industry. You have to study your peers. You have to see what they're doing. If you can find a mentor, consult, speak, engage, especially if they allow you to be that close to them and to connect with them. Ask the questions. You're going to have really horrible days. You're going to have great days. You're probably going to have more horrible days than you're going to have great days. But they will be rewarding at the end. But that's the thing about consistency, right? That's showing up through every single season. Um, but, again, a great sense of self-awareness. Um, mentally know where you are. Emotionally know where you are. Physically know where you are. Then work through all of these little brackets. Um, and hopefully you are happy with the progress that you make, but also be patient with that progress because it's going to take a while. It always will. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we should have a sidebar. There's so much more I can share with you, but yeah. Bonkley, thank you very much just for being so open and, and all of that. Um, I just think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm like a little bit emotional because I still remember, yeah, like I just remember from like back then until now you've been consistent. Like then, like, you know, like what Tata was saying, we were all at Masters of Rhythm. I'm so sorry because we were, we were like, who was Bonkley rolling with? Like seriously, you know? Yeah. So we, sometimes we were having like emotional issues. I'm just like, oh, so now... So, oh, so she's these people, so that's how I was picking my crews, seriously. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> no, really. I had no loyalty. I had no, you were my loyalty. Thanks, girl. <laughs> my loyalty Thank card. You. you. But freeze frame, you guys were dope. Uh, Thank I you. Will say, I will say. <laughs> um, you know, um, and just like from then until now, mm. back then you were the it girl, and now you still are. And I don't mean it in a derogatory way, but you were the most present. You were the person who, when you were there, we could all see a part of ourselves in you. You know, everybody could pick up on your energy, your confidence. Everything was just like always like awesome. And now to hear the, not going to talk high. And now the way that you, you articulate yourself so well, seeing you as a wife, as a mother, and just, you know, the way that you obviously are mentoring so many people, like for real, I really look forward to seeing what the future has for you. Like for Thank real, you. for real, from the depth of my heart, like God really bless you. Thanks, Lee. But what I'm going to do is that I have respect, mm. yeah? Mm. I respect love, yeah? Yeah. I respect you and your life partner, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to allow Pretty Ugly to have the outgoing question. Babe. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Buntley. <laughs> so, I'm such a fan. Hi, Ricardo. Thank you. I've been a fan. 16, 17 years. Uh -huh. Hi, Ki. I did have a question, and then she answered a question. I mean, she answered my question as she was answering your question. Mm. And then I thought about a second question in, in the same... In the same I would, you, see, you see that tel telepathy thing? Because <laughs> right, my questions are going to be... Can you speak about resilience and like, and and that's when you spoke about consistency and everything mm. that you go through. You know, like you've been doing this 16, 18 yeah. years. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I've been a fan, and I, you know, I also came through to Masters of Rhythm. Yeah, that's where I met Buntle mm. as well. First time I saw her, first time I became a fan. Yeah, so I just wanted you to speak about the journey. And just like, because especially in this popcorn generation that we live in mm. now, where people, yeah, uh, we're all about instant gratification. Sure. People are making it overnight. Yeah. But also falling like flies, you know? Yeah. Um, you kind of broke that down. Then I was going to speak about like, uh, <laughs> finding how has it been? Can you speak about like, 
not being a woman in this in this culture that you're in. Mm. You know? um, even in finding support structures, not just in your friends and in your family, but even in your in, in the partner that you choose. Mm. You know? um, what are some of the challenges that you think you have gone through mm. and what kind of partner, what kind of support is needed for some of the things that you're that you're involved in. You know, like for instance, like you know, I've had to drop beat off at music videos with rappers <laughs> who I knew wanted her attention. Yeah. You know. Some guys who I couldn't get back who couldn't respond to me. Yeah. You know, when I asked for a feature. But they're calling Buntle and like, yo, please come be in my video. <laughs> Guys, hectic. And I'm dropping her off. You know, I'm like, yo. Yeah. But it's cool. You know, um, that kind of, I just wanted you to speak about that. But you also kind of did speak about yeah, yeah. that. So just in closing, um, can you just let us know where uh, the studio is for people who want to come? Babe, <laughs> <laughs> it's love going. You guys We're are going. So... We are going. Some are listening. Some people are here who would like yeah. to come to the studio. Yeah. Open to how yeah. many times a week? Can anybody come? Do I need to be yes. as good as you to come through? Never. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. I'm gonna work my way backwards. Okay. Um, thank you for that question, Ricardo. I, I'm a fan. <laughs> um, so yeah. So Buntle Mudisele Dance Studios is in New Dorfden at a place called Hallmark. House or Hallmark Hotel, nice. uh, 54 Simert Street. Um, it is on the rooftop, 15 floors in the sky, beautiful view. So you are met by a scenery of Joburg that will make you fall in love with Joburg. Mm. Um, sunsets are amazing. Space is amazing. It's really open. It's gorgeous. And um, yeah, so the studio is open on a Wednesday, Thursday, and a Saturday. Uh, or open to the public for classes. Okay, so we have different offerings at the studio. So there's hip hop. So like this evening, um, six to seven, we have hip hop. It follow. It's followed by a heels class. So this is where you know, girls, you get into those heels, and you know, um, yeah, you get into your sensuality and all of that fun stuff. And then Thursday is when we go into the Afro pocket, but also the urban street dance pocket. So you can get into your Afro dance classes and then you can get into your Amapiano slash Benga slash Spansula Spultra on a Thursday. Saturday mornings, I've got a dance fit class. That's 9 to 10. And this is where if you hate the gym, come to dance fit. Okay, so this is high intensity, high energy classes um, hosted by myself. And it's really, we're dancing the entire hour away. Um, Really fun. Like, really, really fun. And then um, it's followed by an I'm a piano class from 10 to 11. 11, I mean, a a hip-hop class from 10 to 11. 11 to 12 is I'm a piano. And then 12 to 1 is for the kiddies. So this is everyone under 13. My favorite. I mean, I love all my classes. But that collective, it's just, I love, I love those babies. Because, you know, it's the future for real, for real. Yeah. Um, and I love those kids. I love working with those kids. Um, so, yeah, so there's so much. You are able to contact the studio. Uh, we do have an email address. Um, everything is on socials as well. So you can search, click in Buntle Mudisela Dance Studios and you can get all the information. Please do not feel the pressure of knowing how to dance. In fact, I prefer you don't know how to dance. That's how real it is for us. Um, so you're not there to audition for us. You're not there to like prove anything to us at all. We're there to be teachers. That's 
That's the core of our work. We're there to guide you. So whatever it is that brought you into that space, we also want to know about it. We care about what you're going through. So it's, it's a continuous conversation. So come into the studio, let us know what you need, and we can work on that. We offer private classes as well, which is great, so we can have those one-on-ones. Um, and then we've got the other stuff, you know, we've got corporate packages and, you know, really cool bridal packages and kiddies parties. And, you know, so if, you've got, if, you, uh, uh, if you need any entertainment, please call us. We got you. I like this business. You know what I'm saying? I'm it's great. You, she's a business man. Yeah, I'm a business man. <laughs> and then there's the yeah, and then there's the um creative performance side of things, you know, so working with artists, but also creating shows for productions and whatever else, stage, corporate, you know, there's there's uh, all of that fun stuff too. So there's so many tiers and the different sides to it as well. Um we are going to get into our talent man- management bag as well. Um yeah, so we're gonna keep diversifying and we're gonna keep growing, which is great. Um so yeah, that's the studio side of things. Wendy, as a woman in this entertainment industry, um, has not been easy, and you know this. Um, challenging, because you know, I guess coming from the era of like, uh, because I would do music videos or working with artists, there is an expectation, somewhat. Um, oh, uh, if if oh, let me say this. I think people assume that every girl who dances in a video, um, that there are some problematic things in and around Mm. that. And you're not wrong in your thinking. Mm. But it really has to do with the individual. So yes, there are girls who are there to handle whatever it is that they want to handle. I was there to dance. Mm. I knew what my job was. I came up, I came, I showed up, and that was it. Mm. And I left. And I think that once you set that boundary and you understand that, people will act within the boundaries They'll respect that you, you accordingly. A hundred percent. So that's what it always was for me. Yeah. So I have a respect for girls yeah. who do. No, that, for definite, you, like I can say that for sure. Everybody yeah. really respects you. People know where the boundaries are. A hundred percent. So yeah. that boundary setting yeah. has had to be set throughout everything yeah. um, in that. Uh, you know, because of the type of work that I've been able or that I've done throughout my career on screen, working with artists, uh, or, um, and then, uh, yeah, moving from television into radio. I mean, you're working with multiple personalities, right? Multiple char- characters, people who um, are incredibly successful as well. Um, uh, there is a great deal of, obviously there, there's a respect that I have for them that I assume uh, that they uh, they reciprocate that level of respect, right? Um, but I've always known what I've wanted somewhat, you know? So I've never been... I've, I'm not... I don't really care about... I'm not intrigued by the money mm-hmm. and the... I'm not a brand-conscious person, yeah. uh, you know? So I'm, I'm not a lifestyle-driven, flashy kind of girl. So if you presented that... W- thing to me and you felt like yo I can offer you this and yeah, yeah I know who your man is but like I can give you better which yeah. has happened multiple times yeah. I didn't really care for that it's like yo man yeah. no you, you're like solid I'm so solid yeah. and I'm so yeah. good in that so again it's that level of awareness mm. of the things that I want and the things that I don't want mm. and acting accordingly mm. um, having a partner who understands that yeah. who 
trusts me to take care of things in his absence um, has allowed me to like act and decide for myself and to exercise that autonomy and that agency over my own thought and what I want for myself and whether I protect our relationship or not is really totally based yeah. on me. He has never dictated to me how I should dress yeah. because there are times where he's been challenged and he's been asked, are you sure? Are you comfortable? Should your wife even be? Mm. Should your girlfriend even? It was, it, was, it was, should your girlfriend even be? Should your fiance even be? Should your wife even be? Mm. Oh, she's a mother. Should she even be? Mm. And it's like, ugh, he's Somebody such a man. solid man. Yeah. So much so that he's had to shut everybody down and say, Tr- trust me, yeah. she's got it. Yeah. So because he knows that I've got it and I know that I've got it, there's nothing more to to prove or to to you know to exercise or you know especially in this industry. So that is applicable in so many different ways across the entertainment landscape. So yeah, yeah. so um, I guess find a partner who gets it because it's so much easier as well, right? If you have a partner where you don't have to explain too much, yeah. they understand the hours sometimes. They understand the silence, the months that go by with you getting no work. Yeah. And then they understand the moments where you are bombarded with so much work, you're not really seeing much of each other. Where he's okay with you traveling overseas with someone that you're not, he's not really comfortable with, but you know, (laughs) he trusts that you've got it. It's all of that stuff. Um, So, yeah, so having a partner that gets it helps a great deal. Uh, And yeah, but I'm I'm proud of the woman I've I've, I've become. Yeah. Yeah, I like her. I like her. We like her too. We like, like her, her a lot. We really like her I a lot. Like thank her. you so much, Bonclay. Like, Lee, really thank so you. Dope. So many things. We could have talked about your, you being a world record holder. Like, I mean, Guinness I'm World like, Book of Records. Guinness, yeah, Guinness saying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's me. I'm, like, what else? I'm just like, okay, she has been busy. So many <laughs> yeah. things. Traveling for the NBA. Yeah. Coming back from Rwanda. Like all over. You know, like you've been doing so many things. You keep yeah. doing so many things. And I know that there was a time when you wanted to leave dance, but dance kept on calling you. I know we're also happy that you're still in the space yeah, because you're representing you. in ways that you cannot even imagine. Thank you. Bon Claire, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you so much. Thank oh, yes. Much. Another thing. Find your lane or carve your own lane yeah. and stay there. It's so nice. Okay, so that's nice. it. Thank <laughs> you. It's a wrap. Thank you. <laughs>